Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, the way it's presented in certain nostalgic American TV shows. All the kids reading up at the arcade the weekend to compete at Dragon Ball Z or whatever fucking shit. Yeah, that was just my childhood. That was it. Nailed it. I grew up in small town England. We just rode bikes. We rode bikes to each other's houses and we played on each other's Nintendos. That sounds nice too. All right, I think we're live. Hello, chat. Acknowledging us. I don't know where they started listening to us. It was somewhere back during that monologue back there. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. Heard, someone said they heard, cuss, they heard cusses. We were cussing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I've been known to cuss. Sorry, <laughs> since this is the new time slot, we'll be getting some new viewers today. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we're doing this on Mondays now because we need Tuesdays to record Adventures Night for the foreseeable future. Uh, remember, since if there are some new listeners, remember that we do read out your super chats, but that will be only from the halfway point of the podcast. Uh, feel free to get them in at any time, but we won't acknowledge them until uh, we're ready. So hold mm-hmm. your horses. I'm Yati Kroshaw, by the way, and this is Marty Sleever. Hey, everybody. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. And this week, Marty wants to talk about arcades. We seem to have different perspectives on these things, because arcades were like a staple of your childhood, you were saying. They were, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it wasn't the the first wave of arcades because arcades had a big wave in the late seventies, early eighties. I was I was not around for that. Um, and then they crashed for a while. But uh, the resurgence in the nineties were a a really massive part of uh, growing up. And like I associate the the early to mid nineties and video games just as much as uh, in the arcades as I do with playing games, you know, at home on on Super Nintendo and everything like that. Yeah. I didn't get that experience much at all. Am I... Do you think they were? Do you think it was because you were in a bigger or a smaller city? Like, do you think in like London they would have had like city. a lot of small, arcades and stuff like that? Small town, maybe. I don't yeah. know. It's never really came up in like British TV shows or anything as but some sort of universal experience of you. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe going to the seaside and playing on the little claw machines out the front of the pier. But yeah, so that's the, that's kind of the arcade thing is that there's it's not just the games themselves. There are the little games of chance like those, right. which I guess claw machines are kind of games of skill as well. And then pinball, obviously. When I think of arcades, I think of every now and again when we went to the cinema, there'd be like a little room off to the side with some coin-op machines set up. Mm-hmm. And I'd like hang around in there for 20 minutes watching the attract modes while I waited for my film to sh- come on. Yeah, obviously yeah. my parents wouldn't give me any money for those fucking things. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that's what the attract modes are for. They're rather to, you know, entice people who had money and didn't know they wanted to spend it, or for people who didn't have money, just like yeah, ogle at. Maybe I was too savvy, too young, because I every time I tried an arcade machine, I just play it for a few minutes and then I die. And like, well, I don't want to keep pouring money into this. That seems like a profound e- waste. Yeah, that's the thing is. Uh, it was always interesting being able to go to like I remember there was this the, the main arcade I went to as a kid was uh, we were living in Chicago and uh, it was called Haunted Trails and it was like a uh, 
like almost like a universal monsters themed arcade but like not super scary um but they had mini golf and everything and then one entire building were um you know games and then the other the other entire building was uh more of the like ticket redemption games so like mm-hmm. the ones where you know you wanted to get as many tickets as you could so you could get the you know overpriced stuffed animal yeah, or so the, the get pixie some, sticks get some hideous piece of tat that you didn't need mm-hmm. exactly yeah exactly um yeah so that's but but i have very fond memories um you know, uh, of that early era, there's a, a couple of genres that I think arcades were able to do that um, consoles just weren't at the time, you know, because there was an era where uh, uh, the technology in arcades was was pretty beyond what oh, yeah, your home yeah. consoles were capable of. Yeah, I mean, you'd see all those arcade machines and they were so hypnotic with their amazing Neo Geo graphics. Yeah, yeah. And I think we, uh, you know, the arcades kind of fell off um, probably in the... I'd say back half of the nineties, once stuff like the PlayStation and N64, and then especially the PS2 era came along because um, there was just arcades couldn't keep up with how good the games were looking at home. And so it was like, well, why do I want to, you know, kind of feed the monsters at this place when I could be spending the money and owning the game? Yeah, I did a extra punctuation on adventure games recently where I was talking about the difference mm-hmm. between video games and computer games. But arcade was a different thread as as well. It's like video games were always like multiple threads for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And they all sort of coalesced around the late 90s into what we currently know of as video games. Yeah, yeah. That uh, tend to have sort of blended together into a big blurry soup of yeah, identical yeah. AAA games and shit. But for a while, they were all appealing to different sort of demographics. Like fight, yeah, arcade yeah. games, arcades were full of fighting games and racing mm-hmm. games, which weren't so popular on the home consoles. Yeah, and they were games that almost felt like, uh, you know, they didn't feel like the, yeah, you know, a lot of the arcade games like the 70s and 80s felt like they were designed to almost be quarter consumers. Like well, they were designed yeah. for you to not be able to get through the first screen of Donkey Kong. Or, well, yes, or, that was the scam. Yeah, yeah. But of course, yeah, the earliest console games continued that tradition, even though there was no particular need to do that. The lives system is fully a holdover from the arcade. Yeah. That is completely unnecessary in a home version of a game. Yeah, a lot of games, even ones that weren't arcade games, referred to lives as credits, Mm. because it was just kind of like what the nomenclature nomenclature was. And uh, yeah, but again, to put it in perspective, I actually pulled some numbers. The, uh, the, The arcade industry... Uh, had uh, an estimated revenue in 1993 of $8 billion compared to $6 billion in home gaming and only $5 billion of, like, theater box office. So there was a time around 1993 where, you know, arcades were not only bigger than video games, but bigger than, you know, movies as a whole, wow. which is um, kind of flabbergasting to think of. You miss out on so much growing up in small-town England. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it does kind of suck that, uh, I'm, I'm kind of bummed because there was, a, uh, I don't know, it felt, uh, um, I don't know, there, there, there was something that felt like really, really cool and different about uh, arcades than, than the stuff we could get at home. So did you ever do that thing where there's a queue of kids in the arcade trying to play on the fighting machine against that one kid who's crazy good, who's like two foot short than everyone else, and yep. is secretly a girl? You know, that yeah. whole, that whole premise. <laughs> And one of that you, whole sitcom oh, premise. And uh, one of you finally proved worthy, and eventually they fell in love and got married. 
that's exactly that's just, that's the, uh, the the beginning of my first of many marriages. That that's what it was. But that is the first. Um, you know, fighting games were that one of those like first pillars of. Yeah, you could get some of the ports at home, like you could get you know Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat on on Genesis or on Super Nintendo. But it wasn't until going to the arcades that I even realized that, like, because I only played games with like my brother and my friends, and I was better than them. And then I went to the arcades, and I was like, oh, I'm not nearly as good at games as I thought I was because like I could beat my small pool at home, but I can't, absolutely can't beat these kids who like go there with five dollars and stay the entire day and are able to just constantly win. Yeah, I remember when uh, for one day out of my entire school career, the school computer room let us play Quake over the network, <laughs> which will which will, like da- which will date this pretty well. And um, yeah, I was like top of the leaderboard for the whole time because I played Quake at home a bit, but none of us were using the mouse. We were all using the cursor keys to turn. Oh, and, funny. And I just knew enough uh, to... Uh, to succeed in that extremely small pool of very shitty players. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the... Uh... So you graduate from the tiny pond of home to the slightly larger but still tiny pond of the local arcade. And of course, yeah. these days, there's like multiplayer gaming, which gives us the pond of the entire world, and we realise just how yeah. inadequate we all were all along. Yeah, that's what, it was one of those things where... Uh... Uh, at arcades, you were just like, well, only a couple people are better than me. And then you play games online now, and yeah. you're like, oh, like you could have a number. It could be like, oh, okay, so 700,000 people are better uh, at this game than I am. I guess it's you get quick, more quickly brought down to reality in today's internet age. Yeah, it's it's humbling. The only the only moments are some the rare times we get a, a game pre-release and it has leaderboards, and sometimes. Uh, uh, people in the press are able to be high on the leaderboards just because literally no one else is playing the game. Yay! So we're, the like, best, we're the best amongst all the games journalists who are all exactly. notoriously <laughs> shitted games. Exactly, we are the best among the worst. Um, so yeah, I mean, fighting games, you know, and and fighting games even grew from the the massive uh, popularity of of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and then mm. ushered in that early era of 3D gaming that you know we saw in arcades with stuff like uh, virtual fighter and Tekken yeah. before we were able to get at home. And it was just like, Holy crap, this looks, this looks incredible. This is the future. Pretty much. Well, speaking of the future, are arcades still a thing in today's hideous age? That's uh, what I wonder about. They are ish. They've had to, they've had to sort of adapt with the times. Um, yeah. There was like a, there, there was an, a period throughout a lot of the two thousands where they were kind of just left to the wayside. Um, and they were still like going really strong in Japan. I mean, companies like Sega and Konami and uh, uh, Bandai Namco, like mm. that's their bread and butter. They make a lot more money off that stuff than they do off the traditional video games. Um, and a lot of that was uh, thanks in part to peripheral games, which, uh, you know, eventually we were able to play at home. But, um, you know, there was stuff like uh, uh, Beat Mania and, and DDR and Taiko Drum Master and even Samba de Amigo, like these things where you would almost go and like the the games felt like an attraction more than, um, you know, more than just a game. Like it genuinely felt like something you could not get at home, like a carnival ride in that respect, I guess. Yeah. It's weird how things change. I've, there was an arcade at the top of the uh, Queen Street mall in Brisbane by the cinema mm-hmm. that I knew of occasionally like drift through on my way somewhere. And, uh, I stopped going there for a few years and then, um, for whatever reason I found myself there again. 
and I happened to notice that there was a doodle jump machine now in the arcade. Yes. A full-on machine for playing a <laughs> fucking, you know, yep. shitty mobile game someone made in like a day. Yeah. I was like, is this it's, how we're trying to stay relevant now? Because if it, you go to I a can't place see it like, working. If you go to a place like uh, Dave and Buster's, which is like the big, you know, American chain of uh, yeah, everyone's bringing like up, a bar restaurant. Yeah, everyone's bringing up barcades now. For, yeah, for yeah. Things. So this is like barcades are like that's like the next step. Uh, yeah. Dave and Buster's was, um, you know, it was trying to like be like the adult Chuck E. Cheese, so it was trying to be the adult. Um, Funny, it's almost you know. like all the kids who liked arcades are adults now, and so yeah, they have no to make arcades like for adults. Yeah. But and it is funny. Running is actually a thing people do for a living. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but if you go to some of those, like a uh, place like Dave and Buster's, if they still exist around you, and you just like sort of turn in a circle, Doodle Jump isn't the only mobile game you'll see. Like I'm you'll sure. see, you'll see Angry Birds. Like you'll see Cut the Rope. You'll see Where's My Water. Like all these games that have turned into like giant. Like some of them use touch screen, but they're like you know just in theory adaptations of the free games on your phone but they cost a dollar or two to play i know, mean why? a big version of is it just the fact you can do it in public and show of show off everyone the great skills you've developed just playing it on the phone maybe yeah like <laughs> like yeah. i i guess I'm, I'm not sure maybe it's something coupling with the alcohol or with the idea of like it's because uh, i could see idea I see something like Fruit Ninja Connect being a big draw in arcades because everyone mm -hmm. could just spaz yeah. out and get drunk and yeah. abuse each other. But yeah. Something like Doodle Jump where you're just, what, tugging on a joystick? Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, what the appeal is there. And again, to, like, those are like premium games. Those aren't like, you know, put a quarter in games. Those are, you probably need to put several dollar bills in to play those things, which just... Seems more absurd when you think about how free and ubiquitous they are on. Uh, well, is it any more a scam devices? than charging money for like a thousand credits of premium currency in your average live service game? No, no, or you know, or or more pulls in a gotcha game. So, mm. um, yeah, it all feels like it's it's you know it's it's branches off the same tree of like psychologically how much can a player t like what what's the exact right amount we can tug uh, at a character or at a player. Uh, for them to to be willing to give us a small amount of money, like, and and where's the line that they they won't do it at, and how close can we get to that line? Well, that line keeps moving, doesn't it? Because every now and again, someone will do something outrageous, and we'll go, "What the hell?" And then they just yeah, keep doing exactly. It. They yeah. keep doing it, and then we run out of energy, and then yeah. that becomes the new standard, and that's how we got to where we are today. Yeah. Yep, that sounds about right. Um, but then, yeah, barcades, uh, which a lot of folks have mentioned in the chat, are sort of the that's that's a, a relatively recent resurgence. Like, I think the first barcade was in Brooklyn. Um, Did you know I, I invested in a video like, game bar once? Is that right? Yeah, I was the co-owner of a video game bar back in Brisbane. When did we oh, interesting. That? When did we set that up? That would have been around early to mid 2010s. Okay. I don't know how like big a concept it was at the time, but it felt like yeah. it felt to us like it was a new idea. Yeah, yeah. So we did like, it do well or no? Like... No, 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 no. I lost a <laughs> lot of fucking money in that bar. Oh no! But it is where I met my wife. Oh well, that's good. So if I ever went back in time with the knowledge I have today, I would be very torn on what to do there. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. like, I, I wonder if you'd go back there now if, like, there is, like, a 
barcade in town that is thriving now. Well, I may well be. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I think the problem we ran into that I thought was the problem was uh -huh. that the gaming crowd that we knew, uh, they all said, yeah, we'd love to go to a video game bar, a bar where there's video games. What would uh -huh. usually happen is that they'd go there for like one time as an occasion. Yep. But we were just, we were just struggling to build up a, a, a regular clientele. And that's kind of yeah. what you need to survive. You need, you need the regular bunch who you could milk every bloody night. Yeah. So, and we just weren't seeing much, uh, you know, uh, pedestrian traffic come in except at the weekends. So was it, um, were the kind of games like catering towards, cause like when I think of some of the, the barcades I've been in, like, you know, Chicago and San Francisco and New York and everything, um, they have like, a, uh, they, they focus a lot on the sort of nostalgic games that people really like, um, yeah. you know, stuff like the, the, those fighting games we mentioned, Marvel versus Capcom, a lot of the, yeah, yeah, you know, we, IP based beat em ups like turtles and X-Men and stuff like that. Yeah. We focused on the popular local multiplayer stuff. We had your fighting games uh -huh. like, and like, uh, like four player halo on one screen sort of thing we had mm -hmm. um guitar hero in the corner i think the other the other like mistake we made there was that you had to walk past all the gaming tvs to get to the bar but that was just the, oh. way the place was laid out we were thinking we should yeah. probably have like the clientele walk past the bar to get to the machines so they feel guilty yeah. Because ultimately, you're probably going to be making the money off the booze as opposed to the uh, to the games yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah, the place we were renting, we couldn't really make that work with the layout. Yeah, yeah, but there is there's still a like you know there there's there's a, a nice mix of of people wanting to you know re-experience some of those games and and especially multiplayer ones and especially if a lot of the places now have like either free play nights or you know you get so many tokens with two drinks or, you know, something like that to entice people to go in. And I feel like that is the, that is the modern way for them to be able to make it work is, um, by kind of marrying it with those deals and making it a place where people do want to come back, you know, not just once a year or if someone's in town, but as like a local yeah. watering hole. Yeah. Yeah. We were also like on the edge of the entertainment district. So it was just hard to get, hard to just drift over to us. Yeah. And there's also um, arcades, again, and these were these are the ones that, like, these can cost the arcades a lot of money, but there are still, every so often, there's, like, a cabinet that comes out that is, like, so, like, massive and bombastic and, like, you know, something you could never have in your house and couldn't really be replicated on a console. Um, there have been some Jurassic Park games like that. There have been some Star Wars ones. There was a Halo, yeah. um, like it was called the Halo Battle Pod or something. The huge ones with, like, the huge vehicles you sat in. Yeah, the huge, uh, yeah. Like the, um, uh, the, like, gun shooter ones where there was a uh -huh. whole booth and a curtain that went around it and you stood in the gaming space, like, posing with the gun. Yeah, yeah. And so there was there there's something, you know, special about that and something like tangible to it that you can't uh you can't quite replicate at home unless you have a, a very very large home and a lot that of money. It was sort of the midpoint between the home gaming and the theme park experience, I suppose. Yeah. Like, you know, the simulator ride at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Which that's almost been a, a draw of arcade games, um, even from early on, there's, you know, racing games with, uh, like, Cruising USA or Virtual Racer, like, games where you actually sit down and you have the, 
little steering wheel. Oh, and... I remember playing. I think it was Space Harrier with the okay, yeah, the full, uh, full motion thing where you were sitting in the chair yeah. and moved around as you played. Was that nauseating? Not that I recall. Okay. I don't really. Yeah, know, there's a not really a motion sick kind of person. I think I used to be, uh -huh. but then I like insisted on trying to read in the back of the car, and eventually I just got over it. <laughs> you just got the sickness out of you. Yeah. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm always curious if, uh, like, if VR would be a thing that would be capable inside of arcades. But it seems like VR is such a thing where you're always going to need someone there to. Well, I was kind of calibrate stuff or wash stuff down. Or I was, yeah, I was just looking at the comment from TJ Carr saying that some mm -hmm. arcades tried the VR headset thing and they turned out to be germ machines. Yeah, I can imagine, especially in the last couple of years, I imagine that's a thing that like just can't. Uh, can't really was, exist anymore because that was the problem we had with our bar the place got sticky very fast yeah most everything was sticky because everyone was yep. having drinks and holding yep. controllers and yep i mean we put protectors over the screens but there's a thing <clears> that you could do i imagine those barcades must have a very very strict cleaning schedule i would hope so especially any that are uh you know that are they're still kicking now um yeah yeah i don't know if they have someone who's going around in like you know, wiping down like the the guns on the House of the Dead and Time Crisis cabinets because the least of it, those controllers have got to break. Like every <laughs> yeah. night, if it's like a full arcade with everyone playing with the light guns, like yeah, yeah, all night, I wouldn't be surprised they have to replace those light guns every few weeks or so. Yeah, I don't know if you just buy like a giant stock of like you know well, two hundred Time Crisis a, guns. I assume there's a wholesaler somewhere. Yeah, I would figure that. Um, but yeah, it sucked. Like uh, up up until very recently, uh, you know, arcades were still alive and thriving in Japan, um, like in, in Tokyo, in in Shibuya, and in Akihabara. Like it was well, you know, that's sort of Japan. the yeah, and and it was great. But apparently, a bunch of them have closed down since COVID because uh, for some reason arcades weren't eligible for government assistance um, okay. when everything shut down. In the same way that like restaurants and shops were. So um, a well, bunch of the famous arcades have, have gone under. Well, holding back germs in arcades seems to have been like <laughs> the tidal wave as opposed to the water pistol. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, which, yeah, it seems like if, 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 you know, if they can't make it in Japan, then it might be, uh, you know, we might be getting those those sort of arcades fewer and far farther between. Yeah, I know Japan had like this whole different arcade culture. I was, when I was at the uh, Valve offices for my visit mm -hmm. there, they had one of the Japanese Half-Life 2 arcade machines. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, there was an arcade version of Half-Life 2 that was in Japan. That's incredible. Nowhere, nowhere else. See, that's amazing. Like, that's the kind of thing that if that was somewhere near me, I'd be like, well, I'll have to make a trip there to, like, you know, see what the hell that's like. You gotta feel like you'd be stuck on that for a long time. How long does it take to play through Half-Life 2? Like yeah, a, so is it is it the full game? It's So it's not like a... I think it's like edited highlights sort of arrangement. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I know Nintendo has a, has a history, you know, not only in like the classic like Donkey Kong stuff, but um, mm. they've made arcade versions of Mario Kart and F-Zero. And I think the F-Zero one had the ability to kind of like communicate with your at-home F-Zero game as well. I think it was the one that was on GameCube maybe hmm. um and you could like bring your memory card back and forth and somehow 
earn yeah. things in the arcade to unlock yeah, things get, at home yeah, or vice spread versa. Those, spread those gems out even further. Why not? <laughs> Bring them home. Bring them home. Give them to your loved ones. Yeah, that, that, that checks out. Well, I guess if the internet hadn't killed arcades, COVID would have done the job for it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it feels like we're kind of at the uh, at the precipice now where uh, so many of those, like, aforementioned arcade experiences are able to just 100% be replicated at home, like, uh, with, with uh, you know... Well, it can be a relief not to have to deal with all the fucking hardware. Wires, <laughs> yeah. VR wires trailing all over the place and all that. Were you ever, uh, were you ever like a, a sort of a gimmicky peripheral guy? Like, did you ever have like rock band stuff or like light guns or anything at home? Oh, well, didn't everyone have a non-functional rock band set in their home at one point in the 2010s? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few because, uh, I reviewed a few of the different iterations of guitar. Hero yeah. And rock band. Yeah. Yeah. For a while I was yeah. like a guitar hero superstar. I'd play expert mode. I'd like lead. I'd be like the the bonus boss when we did Guitar Hero nights at the bar. Oh, perfect! You were like the uh, let me solo her guy from yeah. Elden Ring. You're just helping everyone through the hardest levels. Well, I'm still it yet to play Elden Ring online. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't yeah. like you know, world class uh, posting no. records online Guitar Hero, but I could hold my own in expert mode. Exactly, but but in your little pocket, you had the ability to. Uh, yeah, there you go. It was a pocket, and now yeah, there yeah. are no pockets because we're all stuck at home. <laughs> so there you go. No more arcades. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I do think I am curious if like anyone will ever take a like like another like massive swing at like a developer will take a massive swing at arcades. Like if we would ever get to a point where like the next street fight, like street fighter six would launch in arcades first for however many months or years, which well, I don't, yeah. I don't ever foresee that happening, but um, I don't know. It seems well, like there's still like a, a level of nostalgia about it that, that exists. Well, they did invent the connect, which, you know, yep. in theory would be perfect for arcades. Cause there's no germs uh -huh. and, uh, it's great for like communal party experiences. And what do they do with it? They used it to make military hardware and surgical equipment. What a bunch of selfish bastards! <laughs> yeah, no, it seems uh, that that seems perfectly fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's really depressing. Do you think there's like an alternate universe where Connect would have been used for good? That like games could have been better now because of Connect? No, it's the classic motion controls problem is that it's all very well for a gimmick, but no one wants to come home after a long day at work and dance around the living room for two hours. Yeah. They want to get no, the just... controller out and veg out. Yeah, I distinctly remember the uh, uh, apartment I lived in when I had my first games industry job was uh, like a little shoebox in San Francisco, and I had to review um, a Connect game called Gunstringer. Which uh, it wasn't half bad. It was like uh, it's about uh, having a gun on a string. No, you you with one hand you controlled. The, it was like a, a spaghetti western, but your guy was you were a puppeteer that had the the strings of the little marionette gunslinger, and you would use your other hand to sort of like point at things and shoot. And so there was like one hand controlling the marionette and one hand uh, pointing. Uh, but my room was so small that I had to like literally play the game from inside of my closet. So I had to have like the TV outside of my closet, and the only space I had um, far enough away from it was was literally to play the entire game inside my closet. So it was yeah. a yeah, I've had it was a moment. I mean, yeah, my, it was my a moment. Office, my office uh, TV is like five feet from the couch. 
And there's yeah. and there's the box ottoman to worry about. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's that's even more of a problem in VR. You could trip right over it. You could die. Well, fortunately, I've got uh, Oculus Quest Two, so I can just play on that while in the corner of the room. That's like where there aren't any furniture around. That is true. You can you can uh, you can you can safely be there. You will never fall off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my. I don't know. I uh, I'm kind of like fascinated with the history of arcades, even like going back to like the, the Nickelodeons of the early 20th century and then the, the pinball craze and the government trying to shut them down because they deemed them as, as a form of gambling and then obviously coming back. And it seems like arcades so, were kind of tied into so much. A, it's only gambling if there's a chance of getting any money back. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a waste of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because they, 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 a lot of states outlawed pinball for, for a couple decades saying that it was a form of gambling. But it's like, well, I can't win anything from pinball. Also, I'm fucking awful like pinball, so this isn't going to help. Did you know they once tried to ban darts in British pubs because they thought it was a game of chance? So they got some like insane. Darts, got some like darts experts in and showed them that it is actually a game of skill. Yeah, that's absurd. How, uh, <laughs> they'd be like saying that same thing about pool. Like that, well, that that's, was what governments did before they had video games to worry about. I guess so. Yeah, before they had scapegoats and the government could go after either it was the satanic panic or or violent video games making our kids into killers or you yeah. can't do that anymore because video games make too much money for the cunts who run the world ha we yep. won <laughs> shall we go to super chats we'd uh that sounds we'd, great we'd love to hear your personal anecdotes of uh what you did in the arcades when you were growing up which is apparently some kind of universal experience i missed out on or you could universal for everyone but you yeah not everyone's childhood was basically just hey arnold okay <laughs> all right just ref just refresh my page of super chats here good if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Starting with... Volt who gave 10 Australian dollars already the exotic new currencies coming in with our new time slot. Oh my gosh. Who says, sorry I'm a week late, usually can't catch due to work. Was shocked in the humorous games discussion that neither Fable nor Destroy All Humans were brought up, both top-notch humour in different ways. Well, uh, humour is subjective, Volt. I dispute <laughs> you on the Fable thing, though maybe that's because I grew up with quality British comedy. Oh my god. Maybe it just I seems like funny because you're not used to British humour. I mean, that 100% might be it, yeah. As for Destroy Humans, uh, I don't know, I don't remember any laugh out loud moments in that. Yeah, I didn't play the, uh, the like, the, whatever, the remaster um, just a few uh, a few months ago, I think. Um, and I remember enjoying the game enough in the PS2 era, but I, I don't really recall its humour being a super standout point. Maybe you have to have liked Invader Zim. Yeah, I think it was, that's a very, uh, yeah, similar speed and, and not my speed. I think they had voice actors in common as well. I think, I think literally that alien and Zim might have been the same same dude. 
Yeah, same dude who voiced uh, Raz from Psychonauts, I think. Oh, well, I like that. Maybe see if I go into these things now just knowing that. Maybe I'll like it. There you go. <clears throat> SDS Guru 2000 gives 10 euros and says, I have never actually seen an arcade in real life. For the longest time, they were mythical things that exist only in movies, like those blenders under the sink that could only exist in horror films. Where did you grow up, SVS Guru 2000? I've occasionally went in an arcade. If we were on holiday, they'd usually be won by the pier. And uh, yeah. when I was a teenager, they built one of those, you know, mass-produced cinema multiplexes just outside of town. And there was like a mm -hmm. little arcade there. Didn't hang out there, but it was there. Yeah, I'm curious if uh, like arcades really permeated like uh, Eastern European countries in the 90s. Um, Can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. There Maybe we're, maybe you're privileged. Maybe you should check your yeah. privilege. I, I, I do no. Where there are arcades. I'm just saying. I, I visited Poland quite a, quite a few times in the '90s, and I'm trying to think if I remember seeing arcades there then, and I don't. But who knows? But yeah, there was a lot of them in the U.S. Big ones, small ones, shitty ones, good ones. They weren't usually in like British non-seaside towns, non-resort towns, but as a, uh -huh. as a rule. But I remember there was one like video games shop, like independently owned. That did like uh, communal weekends where everyone would come in and show their membership cards, and we'd all hang out and play <laughs> console games in the store, and they lay out some snacks, and it was all fun. And the place burnt down, and there was no more fun weekends ever. That's a bummer. That's pretty sad. <clears throat> oh, also we have Stony as a new member. Stony joined bonus content. Oh, so welcome, Stony. Thank you, Stony. <coughs> Blue McNeil gives uh, $10 and says, Barcades are a thing. Yes, we know, Blue McNeil. They just sell your pints and you play games. Some are free, some are pickades. Some host console tournaments, some blend the lot. I love them. Clown shoes and bishy bashy, please. <laughs> What's a pickade? I, I'm, I'm not sure what a pickade is. I, Someone I explain what a pickade is. Some are free, some are pickades. So it's something that's not free, oh, I assume, by that uh, context. I think it's piecade, as in a Raspberry Pi arcade machine. So an emulated uh, arcade machine. Oh, Raspberry Pi, yeah. I, I think Perfect. we had one of those in Manabar, Melbourne. Which also yeah. shut down after a while. So that, I mean, that is another, um, I guess, another uh, part of arcade history that we didn't talk about, is now arcade machines are... Um, relatively common yeah. to find in stores that you could purchase at home and sort of build yeah. yourself. And you can just yeah. run every arcade game that ever existed on a single machine. Yeah, absolutely. And then they do it like Walmart has arcade machines. You can buy like Mortal Kombat at Walmart for like 150 bucks or something. If you know what you're doing, then you can have an anything arcade machine. Crazy. Yeah. Ad gives 40 Indian rupees and says, where is brother Packard? Brother Jack Packard is uh, sequestered in creating Adventurers Nigh Season 2 for you mm -hmm. ungrateful bastards. So he's <laughs> checking out of streams and podcasts until that's done, but I'm sure you'll see him again before yes. too long. I mean, you're all going to see him tomorrow for several hours while filming Adventurers Nigh. Well, I am, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess the you all was literally <laughs> just you and then a bunch of other people who yeah. aren't in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. yeah, just me and three other specific people will be seeing Jack tomorrow yeah. and nobody else. 
TJ Carr gives $5. Says, I recently had my son's birthday party at a Chuck E. G's, which leaned into being all arcade. Two oh. hours of Mario Kart and Luigi's Mansion was a good time. Oh, they've got <laughs> Luigi's Mansion arcade machines now. Yeah, I played that one in Japan, and it, was, it had a very long tutorial, and it was all in Japanese, and we had no idea what it wanted us to do. But you get the actual, um, you know, the, 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 the poltergust or whatever his little proton pack thing is called and and it's yeah kind of like house of the dead but you're you're whooshing up ghosts in luigi's mansion very nice huh uh i was just thinking back to e3 when they had that big old luigi's mansion 3 booth set up with like a life-size mm -hmm. luigi unit yeah you could also get your to... picture taken with gooigi who was if you remember mm -hmm. gooigi he was I the gooigi I, <laughs> I remember trying it i remember trying out the game as a game journalist, but they didn't have like mm -hmm. a special physical poltergust you could hold to See, play it with. They ruined everything. No, they just had a slightly nervous-looking person with a lanyard <laughs> around their neck who asked, like, let us play like ten minutes of three different things on the same machine. Having a slightly nervous person demo uh, Luigi's Mansion seems on brand, though, so that's well, there that's go. good at least. Uh, Mikhail Brink Fredriksen gives 50 Danish kroner, I want to say, to say, we have a some playlands here in Denmark, whoop, called it, where kids can jump on trampolines, etc. that also have free play arcades, and it's always oh, packed nice. with dads. Yeah, I'd probably dads be, love trampolines. I'd be, yeah, I'd probably be drawn more to the trampolines in that context. I mean, yeah. I play video games all day at work. I want to get away from that. If I'm at the, the playland, I want to jump on the trampoline. Yeah, that is one of the other things, too, is like they were big in the 90s when when games were like $60 a piece, $70 a piece, and, and most people didn't own very many of them. Whereas now, not only are games cheaper, but you could just steal them or download them easily or get free to play games. So th there was like uh, there were genres that you couldn't have at home uh, that back then that you could try out. Whereas, again, not a case now. Hmm. Um, scavenger oh scavenger came with us to the monday time slot we can't get rid of him gives, i love scavenger scavenger gives ten dollars and says there are still games the consoles can't capture the same feeling of well that was a mm -hmm. grammatically awkward sentence scavenger but let's press on rail shooters with light guns and a foot pedal to stand up races with seats shaped like a vehicle pinball that was also a grammatically awkward sentence scavenger that was I like feel a, like you're judging Scavenger harshly. That was a dangling clause. There was no verb in that sentence. <laughs> Maybe Scavenger ran out of ran out of characters in the super chat. It's entirely possible. Yeah, I do. Uh, the The foot pedal thing was always really interesting to me on uh, games like Time Crisis because mm. like your your character would always be in cover and you would have to press down the foot pedal to like pop out of cover. Yeah, that um, was almost like the invention of cover mechanics. In video yeah. Games. Yeah, like way before uh, 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 Kill Switch was doing it, and then obviously Gears of War. Yeah, it was uh, very strange, and like I don't know the the pedal thing. Like, I guess felt intuitive, but it doesn't really make sense why it was intuitive. I guess cover was inevitably going to come into shooters because shooters were constantly striving for realism mm -hmm. for, for a while, at least. And uh, the first thing anyone will tell you who's been in a real gunfight is that ninety percent of it is decided by who's in cover and who isn't. There you go. Fun. That's a little. Little gunfight fun fact for you guys. <clears throat> I need to refresh my list here. 
Bone Dry Eye gives $5, says long-time listener, first-time caller. Ever heard of the Polybius Conspiracy? What's your childhood arcade conspiracy? Hidden levels, nude codes, etc. I know of the Polybius Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I saw a Hoy's video on it. Like there was this oh, idea great. of this uh, phantom arcade machine that was developed by the CIA to change like your brain waves as you played it. Mm -hmm. But obviously it wasn't real. I think someone made no. a game called Polybius in response to that urban legend, but there was never a real one. Yeah. I always wonder how urban legends like that spread um, before the internet. Well, it's just, you know, urban horror stories. It's fun yeah. to uh, imagine that such a thing could happen for real. Yeah. And I also don't know if this was one, if this was a conspiracy that actually existed in the 80s or if it was one of those experience, uh, like internet created conspiracies that was just talking about a thing that happened in the 80s that didn't actually happen. Do you think it might have been like a, a, a scare story, like uh, putting razor blades in apples on trick or treat? Uh, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That never actually happened in real life, but you know, yeah. It was something for mums and dads to complain about. Yeah. Yeah, but there was, uh, yeah, that was a, the before you could fact check stuff on the internet. There was there was a, a big era of of people just bullshitting each other with with getting Lara Croft nude in Tomb Raider or being able to unlock secret characters in Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter that didn't actually exist. All that kinds of stuff. Tomb Raider was never an arcade machine, was it? It was not. No, no. I was more. I was more talking about the. He, he asked for nude codes at the end. Might have been in Japan. Sure. I, I yeah, listen. I, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put him behind anything. Yeah, uh, someone mentioned how uh, Japan, they, they made a big deal recently because they uh, were talking about how uh, they're doing something with so uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, but it turned out to be uh, just a uh, pachinko machine with... Yeah, that happened uh, a while back, didn't it? Yeah, and they redid a bunch of like Metal Gear Solid 3's cutscenes and stuff in the new Fox engine yeah, I saw just that. for this fucking pachinko machine, which just seems absolutely insane to me. It's hard to understand outside Japan, but, you know, Pachinko's a big thing over there. Mm hmm Somehow. Yeah. I think it's the noise. I think people like the noise. Yeah, yeah. Well, who can judge, right? I mean, the Japanese probably think we're very weird for um, putting shoes on and going inside the house. Or, or oh, we are absolutely things. weirdos. Yeah. And using knives and forks. Mm-hmm. Also, knives and forks, very weird. Completely agree. I always wondered if people have like grown up eating with chopsticks and they see a knife and fork, they must think the people who need those to eat must have something wrong with their heads. <laughs> it's so it's Are like, they all right? Be like if we saw someone eating with a trowel or something. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, what happened to that person? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, recently finished Tokyo Ghostwire percent just a percent sign and then my problem with the ending is that it's the conclusion to a story the game didn't really tell to any real depth yeah i suppose i do agree with that is it tokyo ghostwire or ghostwire tokyo uh ghostwire tokyo right. ghostwire colon tokyo which i don't know leaves them to maybe if they want to do ghostwire colon other city yeah yeah i was confused um, by um innocence a plague tale for the longest time Plague Tale Innocence? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that one. But I guess they announced, uh, they announced a new one, so I guess it's... What, what's the new one they announced? It is Plague Tale Requiem. Okay, so it was a, a Plague Tale all along. It was a Plague Tale all along. That is the story of our last couple of years, I think. Um, yeah, I uh, the, the stuff I really loved about Ghostwire wasn't the main story. The main story to me was... Um, uh, pretty forgettable, but it was a lot of the accoutrement surrounding it. Must have been because I've forgotten quite a lot of it. Think, think. Uh, so, so have I. Honestly, I remember chasing a dude, and I had my ghost pal, and I think he did something to my sister, maybe. And there was a motorbike. It was definitely a motorbike. And yeah. Then he, then he turned into a big worm. It was also that's weird that that first person game had a bunch of cosmetic customization that like the game yeah. really like, didn't point you to too much, but you could like totally change your outfit. And... Yeah, I remember calling that out in the review. Like, yeah. who the fuck cares what shoes I'm wearing? It's a first-person game, <laughs> and it's single-player. Yeah. I mean, I questioned it when Portal 2 did it. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, one other person might see the cosmetics you're wearing. I don't, I, know, <laughs> I don't know if that would matter to you, but at least that's yeah. one person. Ghost by Tokyo didn't even have that. Um. <clears throat> Where was I? Mason Woods gives $5 and says, I used to love uh, to use both guns on light gun games to feel like an action movie protagonist as a kid. You should try uh, Boneworks in VR, Mason Woods. I got the same feeling. Dual weeding pistols in that game. Oh, I guess that is, yeah. Uh, uh, for some reason, I wasn't clicking with that. That is probably the closest equivalent to the, the modern light gun experience is playing like something like that in VR or... Um... It feels, super hot or something like that. It feels badass dual wielding pistols in Boneworks until you have to reload. Mm, oh, like, how do you even do it? It's like, oh shit, how do I do this? You gotta put one <laughs> gun away, reload one gun, put that gun away, get the other gun out and reload that one. I mean, I, I mean, think I, that's just a really, uh, that's probably a realistic thing that like, if you're gonna be like a badass with dual pistols, then you're gonna... Well, realistically, you wouldn't dual wield, because no professional would dual wield pistols for the obvious reason that you can only aim down one gun at a time. That's true. That is also true. I suppose there's something to be said for it, for the same reason like pirates used to go out with like five guns on them, because if you're holding two loaded guns, that's like twice as many bullets, but you wouldn't fire mm -hmm. both at once. That would just allow you to fight for longer. Yeah, I mean, eventually, there's some, there's some movie where someone's just got a bunch of pistols in their like trench coat and it's like pulling them out one by. That might be a Matrix movie. Yeah, first, that literally might have been Pirates. Yeah, that's the first Matrix movie, isn't it? Yeah, and he has a bunch of loaded pistols, and so he's pulling. Yeah. And instead of reloading, he's just kind of like throwing them away. Yeah. See, Neo did it. If it's good enough for Neo, it's good enough for me. Oh, Nick yeah. says you need to play Pistol Whip. Have you played Pistol Whip? Yeah, I've played Pistol Whip. It's pretty fun. Oh, there you go. In VR. <clears throat> Uh, scavenger again gives ten dollars says next time you're in san francisco try musee mechanique mm. at pier 45 one of the biggest collections of penny arcade mechanical machines in the early 20th century over 300 machines matt have you, have you been there try that out oh no, that place because, is great no because you when i'm in the city you know you start at embarcadero you walk up the pier you get as far as pier 39 and then you really can't be asked to walk any further yeah yeah it is that's, my, <laughs> that's, that's always been that. that's always been my experience yeah, um, you say Mechanique used to be a place I would take anytime someone was visiting from out of town, I would take them there. It's free to get in, or at least it was a couple of years ago, free to get in. Um, but yeah, it's all these like, you know, quote unquote arcade machines and, and Nickelodeons and Penny Arcade machines from like 100 years ago. Uh, really cool stuff. Hmm. I remember when I was at Disneyland as a kid, they had a, like an old style Penny Arcade. 
Mm-hmm. Or you could use like the old what the butler saw machines for literally. Oh yeah. Used. Yeah. That was kind of fun. Um, Lux Solar gives five dollars and says, "Yahtzee, you missed nothing of value." Not sure what they're referencing there, but uh, moving on. Also, does your wife call you Yahtzee? Marty, you should do an armor playthrough next. Call it Armor in Sleever. Yeah, most people call me Yahtzee, Lux Solar. Uh, actually, my wedding invitation's called me Yahtzee. I basically oh, only use my real name on official documentation and stuff. But my wife mm. calls me Yahtzee, or Yahts, or just Z. Because she's American and cute like that. I was going to say, what are your kids going to call you? And then I realized it's probably dad. Yeah, they'll call me dad. Duh. Yeah, that's so I don't, yeah, <laughs> what's that? Okay, I'm trying to go back and figure out what we were talking to at the time that would have gotten the response, you missed nothing of value. But I don't know where we were talking about at the time. So, uh, probably I that I didn't go to arcades generally growing up. Oh, literally, that might be it. You missed nothing uh, of value. Yeah. Uh, Long Dong Silver gives $10 and says, with the play date and Steam Deck due out this year, could we get a gaming history vid on handheld consoles? Because it seems like the non-Nintendo ones all end up being failures. Well, what about the PS Vita that nobody had? I loved my Vita. There were a dozen of us who loved our Vitas. And I had a bunch uh, of exclusives that nobody played until they came out on other things. Yep. So I like guess... Persona. Yeah, I guess I feel a certain resentment towards it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for Playdate. I have my pre-order. It is shipping soon. Reviews actually just came out for the Playdate like half an hour ago. Or so that's the thing noon, with, so. the, with the tourney Frank. handle, right? Yeah, yeah, which I'm excited for because uh, I, I, I always get excited when developers have very strict limitations that they have to build things inside of. Yeah, it sounds so, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I don't expect to spend millions of hours with it or anything, but... I think it'll be a neat thing. I'd be interested to check it out. I don't know if there's much value in it from a review yeah. perspective. It might be a kind of a niche thing. Yeah, yeah. It seems like I'd, I'd be more interested in developing something for it than playing on it, to be honest. Yeah. And I think they're they're, they're uh, specifically making it very open in terms of development platform that they want uh, almost like seasons of games like constantly coming onto it. So, Well, that seems smart. Yeah. I also just like that I could just tell people like while i'm working i'm, I'm cranking <coughs> like oh i can't make that stream i'm gonna be cranking so yeah yeah so how 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 many nanoseconds will pass before a fishing game comes out for it do you think uh, <laughs> i mean if there isn't one in part of the launch lineup someone fucked up yeah someone absolutely fucked up uh kudlak 13 gives ten dollars and says, when I still had a GameCube, I played a disc version of Rampage, which mm. still remains a fun to play. Wish there were more giant monster games. The last Godzilla game sucked. Tell me about it. Good luck, 13. I guess the difficulty is to make a giant monster game is just not feel like a game where you play a normal-sized person in a very small place. Yeah, because I guess it's the two... A monster game, you know, is, is one of two things. You are either the person trying to get away from whatever the hell is going on or you are a monster you know destroying the crap out of everything hmm. uh what is uh something's coming up like oh kaiju wars there's a game coming out in like literally a week called uh kaiju wars that you play as a kaiju and it's uh looks like a very much a rampage uh spiritual successor so hmm. uh kudlak if you're if you're interested in those games check out kaiju wars 
I guess, you know, it's a good game for, like, conveying the sense of to be, becoming a huge destructive thing. Katamari mm -hmm. Damacy. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have that to start does... on, like, the street level. and Yeah, yeah, that game does scale really well, especially in, like, those final levels where you start as a thumbtack and then you end yeah. up, like, gobbling up the entire universe in the span of, like, uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, it gets mad. Yeah. And they kept ramping it up as well. Mm -hmm. I think the first Katamari Damacy just like roll up the whole country and they had to like, you know, scale it up for the next one. So when we love Katamari, at the end of it, you roll up the entire world and then roll mm -hmm. up the King of All Cosmos at the end if you were good enough. Yep. Etc. I really like those games. Uh, where was I? Scavenger gives $10 and says, I'm dating myself here. Insert zinger here. I won't bother, thanks, Kevin. I played Super Mario 3 at an arcade before it came out on mm. consoles, but without arcades, how will we find our only hope against Zur and the Kodan Armada? Well, that <sighs> reference is going over my head. I guess you had to have been to arcades a lot to understand it. <laughs> yeah, arcades were... Uh, it was kind of famous for the... Uh, um... Uh, the Mario 3 thing, like Mario, Nintendo used that movie The Wizard as like a marketing arm yeah. to showcase Mario Notoriously. 3. Yeah. 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 Um, which was, uh, yeah, a very, a very funny way to make like a 90 minute movie that was secretly just like your opening trailer for Mario 3 to let the world know that it existed. Uh, and I think the Kodan Armada, Armada was The Last Starfighter. Ooh. Did you ever see that movie from the 80s? No, but I know of it. I know the premise yeah. of it. Well, there you go. President Walker gives $5 and says, Messing up my stream-watching schedule, I see. At least I have something else to slightly look forward to on Mondays. There you go. Well, there you go. Previously, Mondays were kind of a slow day for me. Now mm -hmm. I got shit on basically every day of the week. Yep. Thanks a fucking yeah, and, bunch. And uh, this just swap places with uh, Editor's Hour. So Nick will be back uh, tomorrow at noon. Um, noon Central, the normal editor's hours time, but it's going to be on uh, Tuesdays from now on. So, yeah, you'll get two streams on Tuesdays with editor's hour and hidden gems. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, Piers Wilkinson gives 10 British pounds and says, I like the better accessibility in gaming now, but I miss the confused looks from people wondering how this wheelchair user got onto the second floor of my local arcade. Was there a lift? Did you go up in a lift? I feel like this is a, a lift. mystery that could be swiftly solved. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have one of the... There's like, my local Target has this thing where there's an escalator down to the car park and there's like a special thing you put your shopping cart on in between. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. It's very like, strange. And I was in there with like my daughter riding in the shopping cart and I was like, are you supposed to put them in with the kids still in? That feels, feels like that could go horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it ends up just getting rolled in at the bottom. It's like, well, yeah. I'm just going to... Walk my way from this one. So I didn't bother. I used the lift before anyone panics. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't see any signs saying take your kids out of the shopping cart before you put if, them on the, the thing that makes it. It feels like that should there. be like a massive sign, like yeah. very much a like well, that was my note assumption. to everyone. Yeah. You know, sorts of people who go to Target. Yeah. <clears throat> Donald Nabity gives $20 and says donation to Yahtzee's Barcade Recovery Fund. <laughs> yeah, not happening, Donald Nabadu. But we appreciate the donation regardless. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Donald Nabadu comes back again with another $10 and says, Also, rip arcades. I miss getting in to show off DDR in public. 
You know, no one's actually impressed by playing really well on the DDR machine in public. You know, everyone's just waiting for their turn, right? Counterpoint. If I walk by and someone's just jamming out in DDR, I'm a little impressed. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just hot dancing. Yeah. I'm impressed by hot dancing. It's not really dancing, though, is it? It's just stamping very, very fast. I'm impressed by hot stamping. Uh, Vault gives 10 Australian dollars and says, Should have clarified, destroy all humans too. Recall mm. very dry, typical humor, like the 60s hippies plot to douse the city in Revelade and start an uprising. Anyway, enough distraction. Time zone is still alive. Okay. Time zone. Time zone. Uh, I don't think I ever played Destroy All Humans 2, but maybe maybe they did improve upon it. No, I don't think I played it either. I'm trying to think back. I think I knew the guys who developed it, but I never played it. Well, Destroy it All Humans Australia? 2 was, yeah, it was developed in by Pandemic, Pandemic's uh, Brisbane studio, as I recall. Mm. Gotcha. I used to hang out there sometimes. They had like a big uh, Destroy All Humans 2 UFO hanging from the ceiling. Gotcha, gotcha. Lux Solar comes back to give two US dollars and says, I'm upset you did not acknowledge the pun. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh the, pun was. the pun where they said, Marty, you should do an armor playthrough next. Oh, uh, yeah. Armor in sleever. Ha ha ha. I see. Yes, I understand. I didn't register I like it as I was reading it. That's a I good like skill it. to have if you're a voice artist. To be able to read stuff without really registering without- what it is. <laughs> uh, I'm never gonna play Arma, but I, if if I do, I'll uh, I'll gladly steal that name for my series. Oh, didn't Daisy used to be an Arma mod? I believe so. Yeah, those games, those are too tough. Those are listen. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not out of here for tough games. Uh, Wet Potato gives five dollars <laughs> and says, Yahtzee, are you familiar with the career of Alana Pierce? I want my parasocial friends to like my other parasocial friends. Afraid not. I think I've heard the name somewhere, but I have no idea who they are or anything they've done. She's from Brisbane. Are they? Yeah. I uh, worked at IGN and then now a writer on uh, at Sony Santa Monica. Well, we never Probably met, got more. if that's what you're asking. Oh, I, I don't know. I thought maybe like uh, uh, you, you, you went into that arcade business with her. No. Al Tepes gives $5 and says, Cute and American. I seem to remember a rather unflattering blog post you made about us Yanks on your website ages ago, you duplicitous bong. Love you, though. <laughs> well, we all change our tunes. For the longest time, true. I n- never thought I'd ever have kids. But here we are. There's a lot of yeah. changes the mind goes through over the years. That's also the thing about putting your uh, opinions on the internet uh, yeah. for a long time is by the yeah. end of it your opinions from the beginning might be a lot different yeah, there's a lot that can come back to haunt you if you've been yep. blogging for a long time yep lord Darius, i think i read a, i think I read a line about that in your upcoming ep that uh, may very well be such a thing. yeah lord darius gives 10 euros to say zoomer here what are arcades Oh, right. Those places where they had those gimmicky control schemes like DDR and Time Crisis. My early gaming memories were always on consoles like the DS. Can't relate. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're showing our age talking about arcades. It is funny that it's gonna we're going to hit a certain point where, like, 
we'll have to, it'll, you know, you'll sound like your grandparents being like, no, 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 you don't understand how popular and important arcades were at this one point. And like, they were like a Mecca for gaming, um, to where kids now would just be like, that sounds really dumb. Like, yeah. please stop talking to me. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares anymore? No one wants to listen to your tales of your <laughs> tales of yawn. Cause they're boring. Anyway, President Walker gives five dollars and says, Marty, if you were to change a community member's username to slightly something else, would we now have a long dong sleever? Jesus, President Walker. You're currently in office. You can't make jokes like that. Uh, no, I love Long Dong Silver as it is. Because I was a big fan of Long John Silver, the restaurant, with some delicious fish. Um, the, the name makes me laugh every time. So I, I don't want any changes to Long Dong Silver. It is Sleever, like right? It is Sleeva. Some yes. people have asked, are we sure we're not misspelling silver there? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would... People have asked me, am I misspelling it? And I'm like, I am not yeah. misspelling my own name. Uh, no, it was a, it's a Polish name, and it was originally S-L-I-W-A, but when they came over from Ellis, uh, to Ellis Island, um, the, the people at the gate were like, no, 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 that's not how we use letters here, and then changed it to a V. It made everything complicated. Yeah, yeah, tell me about common misspelling surnames. Everyone spells my last name with a W. Oh, Which yeah. there is on the end, but I mean another W. Yeah, yeah, crow, like the word crow at the beginning, yeah. yeah. Yeah, been dealing with that my whole life, and now my wife has to deal mm -hmm. with it too. Ha <laughs> ha! You passed it on to your children and everyone. Yeah. That's great. It's a curse. Yeah, I, I relished the first time she complained about it. <laughs> I was like, "Welcome to my world. <laughs> this is the hell we all live in now." <clears throat> President Walker. Oh, we done that one. Frapsity. Oh, yeah. Frapsity gives fifty dollars and says nothing. That's that's stylish. That is. That's right. cool. Uh oh. Update. Just, just Nick sent me the message they, they meant to send. Oh, Frapsity, you <laughs> See, ruined it. You ruined it. You I had like... that sort of mysterious man's cool charm for a second there. <laughs> uh, Frapsity said, messed up the super chat. Love your videos, Yachts. Uh, what was your favorite game to review, but not necessarily play? Oh, and it's a boring question as well. I think it's nice. Doubly ruined. <laughs> I don't know, I guess my Wolfenstein review, because it was fun to write all those limericks. Uh, the first one or the second one? Uh, the one, that's, Bloods, just, the one that's just called Wolfenstein. You know, the okay. one that was teal. Yeah. The teal one. <laughs> it was teal. I, I found the game boring, so I just did the whole review in limericks to keep myself amused. That sounds great. That sounds, that sounds wonderful. And as a challenge of my writing ability. Have you have you done that with other games? Like, have you ever done reviews in like weird formats? No, out of boredom or no. I think I have other outlets these days. Mm -hmm. uh, backpack, backpack gives five dollars and says, "What's your kid's name?" I'm not gonna say because people might dox us. Also, what's the origin of your Yahtzee nickname? Congratulations for the marriage, by the way. Um, well. It was just the name I started going by online because I liked the sound of the word. It was not like I liked, I was played Yahtzee a lot or anything. I never really played it. Was that word only associated with the game Yahtzee or does it have like uh, earlier? I'm pretty sure it's just the game Yahtzee. Okay, yeah, that's, that's my figure. And I just think it's a fun word. It's got a Y there and a Z mm -hmm. and a little, yeah. little double E on the end, which is like the party vowel. And when people it. say it in the game, they say it excitedly. 
Yeah. It's a Yahtzee. Like it's, it's, Just yeah. Stick a double E on the end of anything and it becomes a party word. Mm-hmm. Should I change my name to M-A-R-T-E-E? Sure. Oh my God. It, it works for Toffee. Yeah. Oh, yes. Come on, Toffee, wake up. You need to illustrate a point. Look, <laughs> Toffee loves to party. Toffee on, does Toffee. love the party. Come on, Bobby, let's go party. <laughs> uh, hot. <clears throat> Sorry, I almost uh, reflexively laughed when I read the name there. <clears throat> hot, creamy fart gives $20. To say, dear Yards, existentially challenged was fantastic, but I am left with a great many questions. Without spoilers, did you intentionally avoid fallout from the demonstration? There's a lot of meat on that philosophical bone. Yes, yes, I was uh, trying not to ruffle too many feathers with it. I mean, even the book in its finished form, the publishers were a little bit uh, iffy on, but, you know, they appreciated that I'd made the effort. Mm-hmm. I won't say any more for spoilers. You'll have to go and read the book. There you go. Look at that little little peek behind the curtain. Mason Woods gives $2 and says, Destroy All Humans 3 was my favorite. Thank you. Was there a third one? (laughs) Thank you. I don't remember a third one. Thank you for that banal opinion. Uh, Apparently there was a third one. Oh, there you go. Piers it wasn't Wilkins- called three. It was called Path of Furon. Oh, I remember that. Piers Wilkinson gives five British pounds and says, There wasn't a lift. Crawled up them. Getting down was more fun. Just yeeted myself. Dabarella would have been proud. But how did the <laughs> wheelchair get up with Piers Wilkinson? Did you just drag <sighs> it along tied to your leg like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. <laughs> That's really incredible. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually amazed. <clears throat> Backpack gives $2 and says, which of you two would you say is better at games? Oh, you're trying to sow discord, Backpack. I don't, I'm, I don't think either of us play a lot of multiplayer games, right? No, we don't really play competitively much, so it's hard no. to say. Though obviously, no. I'm, obviously, I'm the best at games. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that checks out. There I will go. say, we played uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, for game night this weekend, and I beat Casey in one match. Ooh. And Casey has like, 3,000 hours in that game, like a like a sicko. How did you beat him? Did you just, like, the way I always win Smash Brothers, by smashing the controller against the sofa cushions? Uh, it, it was pretty close to that, if we're being honest. It, it was four players, and there was uh, a bunch of items, and uh, there was uh, considerable lag. Okay. So I used all of those in my favor. <clears throat> Let's have to refresh the page again. Didn't have that many when we started doing Super Jets. Then they just, yeah, and then they all came. Uh, if you yeah, build it, they will come. Uh, Mr. John Ryasha gives, not sure if mention, but one of my favorite series from arcades was the House of the Dead series, mm. which apparently is getting a console remake. Yeah, it actually just got a Switch remake. Yeah, and uh, there was some... Good. Yeah, people were kind of bummed out. Um and apparently it's probably coming to other consoles too via some ratings. But um, yeah, I liked House of the Dead. Typing of the Dead was better in every way. Typing of the Dead was absolutely better. Um, yeah, for people who don't know, it was uh, House of the Dead. But uh, instead of a uh, uh, plastic gun, you had a keyboard and a little word would come up over each zombie. And you need to type it really quick in order to shoot them. And it was amazing. It was really good. Yeah. 
House of the Dead Overkill was also a surprisingly good game. Very yeah, funny, were we, very tongue-in-cheek. Were we talking about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about like Grindhouse games? I think um, we might have been. We were talking about comedy yeah. games, and, and yeah, I yeah. it as like a great comedy horror game. Mm-hmm. It's really funny in that sort of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place way where it's sort of deliberately trying to come across like it's really badly made for comic effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I watched that for the first time last year when it came to Amazon. I thought it's, it was wonderful. It's, it's really good, isn't it? It is really good. It is so It is so strange, but it is very good. My one season in classic mm-hmm. cult series fashion. Espiusgur2000 says, uh, gives five euros and says, will the invention of the holodeck revive the arcade? I think the invention of the holodeck will just revolutionize civilization, Espiusgur2000. I don't think there would be any reason to leave the house if we had a holodeck. Yeah, I mean, because, well, I don't watch a lot of Star Trek. That's like AR, right? But AR, but like everything around you changes. Yeah, basically. It's like fully uh, immersive AR. Yeah, it's like hard light, constantly changing environment around you while you're not yeah. actually moving in reality. Yeah, I, I've always kind of thought AR was the, um, that was the thing that was eventually going to become mainstream, not VR, or um, VR would have to like get small enough to where it would be as, um, you know, convenient as like a piece of, like sunglasses or something. But yeah, who knows if that'll happen in our lifetimes. Because the more you analyze the concept of the holodeck, the less it makes sense. Like they say, you're in a little room, and um, it seems like it's a much bigger room because the floor is actually moving under your feet, and you're not actually getting any closer to the walls. But oh, then so it's like hap- the whole treadmill thing? Yeah, but then what happens when there's more than one person in the holodeck? They never answered that, did they? Yeah. And how, or, can, how uh, they can like- often be a significant difference apart, distance apart from each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, that can get real complicated. Yeah. And they had to make up all this bollocks about how it was created by holograms, but they were solid holograms, so there was a force field over the top of the hologram. And you could eat stuff like... in in uh, the holodeck because there was also like a connection to the replicating system. So oh, when the system uh, realized you were trying to eat something, it would replace it with an edible version, with like seamlessly or something. Oh, weird. <laughs> I don't like that at all. It's like, why don't you just have like Matrix-style knocking tubes? That's much easier to explain. Yeah. It's like sens- sensory overriding uh, data. I guess Gene Roddenberry didn't think that far ahead. No, no, I guess not. Also, if you're using it for sex, it's the moment you turn it off, all your jizz just sort of falls to the floor in a splat. <laughs> hey, we never said what you were eating in the replicator machine. No. So who knows? <clears throat> Last couple of messages. Uh, Andrew Hickenbottom gave us five British pounds and says, ever get really attached to an arcade game? I remember crying when I entered my name on Twin Cobra for the last time on Hall as a kid with my parents. No. Well, did you ever get really attached to an arcade game in your arcade game going to childhood? Uh, No, never... uh... No, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I've uh, like there were games at like a local bowling alley that. Okay, there was a, a Gauntlet game called Gauntlet Legacy that was probably like the late '90s, um, and it was a you know four player Gauntlet 
game. It was like by then it was kind of like top down 3D, almost looked like simplified Diablo. But you could put in um, you could put in your own initials and then a pin code. And so every time you go back, you could keep progressing your same character on the arcade machine. Um, And I remember at one point there was a storm in town and the power went out and apparently the thing just got its memory wiped. And so I was like kind of bummed that I'd lost however many hours of progress, but I don't know. I think I would hope that I got over it relatively quickly. My PS4 is constantly complaining at me for turning it off at the power cord when oh, it's, in, it's so annoying when it's in sleepy mode but it's not because yeah. of me it's because of brownouts that's pg yeah. e for you yeah that so is stop, that is stop complaining at me ps4 complain to pg e yeah that is impossibly annoying uh also before you read this last one uh someone mentioned the silent hill arcade game have you ever heard of that or, or I, played the I scene knew i guess it. i knew yeah. of it yes and the moment i heard about it i rolled my eyes massively <laughs> Yeah, it never, as far as I know, it never came to the States, um, but uh, people ported it to PC, and I've, like, watched a playthrough of it. So it's like a light gun game that, with new characters, but it kind of cobbles together parts of 2-3 in the room. Uh, very strange. States. I seem to remember hearing an English dub. I don't know. Maybe it came to Europe? I don't know. I, for some reason, I remember it. I thought the game never came to the US. I could be totally wrong, though. Oh, well. So, strange game. Uh, OP1 Dahomey gave us one ninety nine. Ah. To say which game, open quotes, genre do you enjoy playing best? Action uh, adventure. <laughs> well, I think as I said before, <laughs> if I'm just trying to kill time or to sort of relax, I'll put on like a retro style shooter mm-hmm. uh, lately, something like Nightmare Reaper, and just blast a few things mm-hmm. while I zone out. So I guess you could say that's the thing I most enjoy doing. I like, I like puzzle platformers with a specific gameplay gimmick which feels like that's a lot of indie games now but um mm. for me those are pretty pretty low bar to entry uh oh, i've got two more in while we were doing that reading out <laughs> that last comment al tepfers gives five dollars and says yeah just a rib i've followed you since the start and admire that you've managed to stick to your principles while adapting to change she'll be for life Okay. It'll be for life. Andrew Hickeybottom gives two pounds and says Silent Hill arcade game is two dollars to reveal a mirror. That would that would be really sad. Yeah. I can imagine that. I imagine word will get around pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well that's the last of Super Chads. Better wrap this up quickly before any more come in. Yeah, I think so, we did it. We're uh, proud of us. Yes. Thank you for watching, stroke, listening to slightly something else. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> One came on, it came in literally as I was saying that. 50 Swedish Krona from Krashnikov saying puberty and holodex cannot be a healthy combination. Poor, poor Wesley. Yes, very witty, Krashnikov. Anyway, slightly something else. That's what this was. It's, uh, it's on Mondays now, and we might go back to Tuesdays when we're done recording Adventures Now. We'll have to see how we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Yatsi Croshaw, I was joined by Marty Slaver, we were talking about arcades. Uh, tune in tomorrow for those two things we mentioned earlier. Yep, Editor's Hour at Noon, CT, and uh, Hidden Gems, I believe at 4 CT. Do we know what we're playing on any of those? Uh, Editor's Hour is still Nick going through Elden Ring, and Hidden Gems is probably a hidden gem. Can you say what your Wednesday ZP is? 
yes, I can. It is on the subject of Weird West. Ooh. And I'll be streaming that on Wednesday from uh, the usual time. On the following Thursday is when Extra Punctuation lands on YouTube. So uh, if you're not a member, that is. If you are a member, you've already seen it. Yep. And uh, are obviously very much admired by your peers for that being the case. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're everyone's favorite because of that. Uh, but if you're one of the plebs, you'll be able to see the new extra punctuation on Thursday. Anything else this week? Uh, no, just all the all the normal stuff. Breakout will be uh, 9 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, no Metal Gear on Thursday because KC is out for the week. But the rest of the stream should be all all normal. Normal gears, normal uh, today we play. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh, and you can follow me on Twitch at the name below me, McBiggity. Uh, I've been streaming uh, some some evenings and weekends playing playing through some games. I did uh, Link's Awakening, Link's to the Past, and now I'm doing Banjo-Kazooie. Huh. What do you think about Banjo-Kazooie, Yahtzee? Eh. There you go. You heard it here for, first. Uh, eh. Scavenger, you give like multiple $10 donations every week. Why don't you just become a member? You should become a member. <laughs> you get a green name, and then we'll stop taking the piss so much. I'm kind of floored that you're not. I wish if there was a way where we could just make people members, we would make you a member because you've you've donated so much. But I don't think there is. Oh, we might be a member on the site. Oh, uh, well, that was your silly mistake. I... <laughs> now I feel bad for that because that was our silly mistake, not ours. I'm just gonna stop talking. Anyway, bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a nice day.